This is important information. Ready, set, and begin. Who better to talk about the MLS in the Twin Cities than the head coach of your hometown United? All incredible things to look forward to. Now, courtesy of Heineken, this is the Adrian Heath Show. Quintero with a Minnesota goal! The Adrian Heath Show. Oh, what a save by Shuttleworth! Oh, my! Hosted by former player and now Loon sideline reporter Jamie Watson. Check this out! Hello, welcome into another edition of the Adrian Heath Show. I am your host, Jamie Watson. And this week, we're going to do a little bit different. It's Sunday. It's not actually Tuesday. We are going to be recording ahead of time because this week, your Minnesota United Loons take on LAFC on Wednesday. So the team will be traveling tomorrow, which is Monday. Stick with me. It's 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 actually Tuesday. I'm saying tomorrow, which is Monday. So we're already off to a flying start here. But as we get ready for this exciting week with two games ahead, let's welcome in the man who this show is aptly named after, the head coach of Minnesota United, Adrian Heath. Welcome in, Adrian. Good morning. On my day off. On your day off. Don't get many days off. And Sundays is the day where I normally... Uh... Relax a little bit. I watch a lot of football, watch a lot of tape, and it's Mrs. Heath's birthday, so I've it's not gone down too well this morning. Well, I mean, if there's anybody else in this world you'd rather spend Mrs. Heath's birthday with, <laughs> it'd be me. I I would just safely assume, correct? Yeah, you know that you just said that with a smile on your face. You know, didn't you didn't mean that? I couldn't even get halfway through the <laughs> sentence without realizing yeah. this is the last place you actually want to be. But you are loyal to the listeners with the schedule at hand this week. Uh, as I clearly explained moments ago, um, it's going to be a busy week. So yeah. coming in Sunday to pre-record this show, since the team will travel tomorrow. Um, well, first off, what are any big plans for to celebrate the lovely Mrs. Heath? We'll probably go out for some dinner later, but uh, staying wise at I think. But uh, it makes it obviously all the better after after a win. You got any favorite spots in Wise you like? Yeah, that's your area. That's your stomping grounds. Yeah, I'll you have... couldn't have gone any further from Woodbury, where I am. Shock. I, I try to get as far away as possible, but... Uh, no, <laughs> Next I love, thing you know, you'll be in Bemidji, you'll be yeah, up in Duluth. I really like where we are. I love it in Wayzata, um, near the lake, and um, yeah, we go to Balcor, which is a lovely restaurant downtown, so... Heard great things about that. They've yeah. got the chef, is his name Gavin? Gavin, yeah. It's, yeah, it, yeah it's, a, it's a great spot. It's a great staff, great food, so it's a, it's a really, it's really cool place. You are one of us now. You survived a winter. You know all your spots. No spring. It's like straight into summer after yesterday. My God, the weather yesterday. Didn't it feel like it? It was funny because I was talking to Carl Robinson only about a week ago, and he was going, how's it going? Just catching up, and I was going, the snow, we can't get rid of the snow, we can't get outside, and then yesterday he's going, what's this weather like? It was too hot yesterday. Yeah, it was. we had a, we had a hydration break, yeah. a water break in the middle of the game. It got that hot. Um, well, before we get into the, the recap uh, about the win over Vancouver, as we were just mentioning there, Let's talk about the week that was since we last chatted with you. Uh, some things happened. Some moves were made on yeah. deadline day. And a lot of people were sad to see Sam Nicholson go. Me included. And I know you two had a very good relationship. Yeah. Um, somebody you trusted on the field, but also off the field you enjoyed being around. Um, walk us through what a decision like that is to trade a player a very well-liked player, a player that was a contributor for the team week in and week out. How does that go about? How did the, how did it all kind of go down? Give us the the hour by hour, you know, because it was a it was a last minute deal that went through 
towards late on in the night. You were born in the midnight oil to get that deal done. So yeah, I think walk I, us through Tuesday I night. I actually spoke to Sam uh, at 10 to 12 on, I think it was Tuesday night. Right before, and the deadline was at midnight Tuesday yeah. night for all across MLS. So that was when that was when we finally, you know, it, it finally got finished, and um, we were I, we didn't make any secret the fact that we've had a real issue at, at fullback level. You know, Tyrone Mears has been out. Um, Birchie now has got a Mark Birchie's had a, an operation on his knee. Chances are that most of the season he's going to be out. So. If Jerry had got injured, Jerry Tyson, we'd have been really up against it. We'd only had young uh, Carter Manley. So we, we, we sort of rang around and eventually we came up with Eric Miller. You know, played left back, played right back. Not only he been a, a really good servant for Colorado and been really good in the league, he's a Minnesota native. So added a little bit more to it as well. And uh, so once we got down the road of talking about Eric Miller with Colorado, then they come back with the, which is always the question of, uh, well, we we we'll only do the deal if we can take Sam Nicholson. Then you sit down, and you think you have to weigh up the pros and cons of the deal. From how important is Eric Miller going to be for you? How important is Sam? Have you got any depth in that position? Can so anyway, we we weighed it all up and bearing in mind that we are also also looking for players in the next window, which is in July. You know, we're looking at offensive players in July. So we weighed it all up and we felt as though we had to do the deal. Now, as I said at the time, and I'll say it again now, you don't like trading players that you like. It's it's part and parcel of the worst part of my job that sometimes that you have to let people go who you particularly don't want to. But in the grand scheme of things and what you're looking for as a club, sometimes you have to do it. I'm sure that Dom Dwyer wasn't on... You know, Kansas City didn't want Dom Dwyer to go, but once they get that type of money for him and they've got other things, other irons in the fire, sometimes you do decisions that the supporters don't like, but you do it for the grand, the big plan, the big picture. You have to do it for the club. Yeah, sometimes they, the, the saying is the the right decision isn't always the easiest one, and, or the popular one, or the popular one. But but one thing I think that maybe isn't being highlighted enough, and you just alluded to it a moment ago. Part of the reason this deal was done was with an idea for the next window. Diving a little deeper into that, I want to follow up on that. Salary cap-wise in MLS, mm-hmm. you only have a certain amount of salary cap that you can deal with. Yep. International spots as well. So if you wanted to make that move and you have something lined up, was getting part of the salary off of the books? Because Sam was set to make, according to the players' union list that they put out, about three hundred thousand more mm. than Eric Miller was. Yeah, three hundred thousand dollars gets you a lot in this league. It, it does, and obviously, without giving away too much, looking at the players that we're looking to bring in in the next window. Sure, yeah. Had Sam been a an understudy, if you like, or a squad player, that is a big, big number to be on if you're not going to be in the starting eleven. Um, so w- when we weighed everything up, we felt it was the right deal to do. But in a perfect world, would I have done it? No. I would not, because sometimes, you've heard me say this a million times, you've worked with me for a long time, sometimes players give you more than what they just do on the field on a Saturday. It's what they contribute day in, day out, what they bring to the locker room, how popular are they the go-to guy in the morning who's got a joke or it doesn't mind being the butter jokes. All these things go into actually what you are and the makeup of what you are into a football club. And Sam was everything and more than that. Incredibly popular with the the players. 
the staff and the supporters. So we don't make the, them decisions lightly, but sometimes, as I've said a million times, we get made, we get paid to make the, the right decision, not the popular one. Right. So if you're just tuning in, that's Adrian Heath. He's talking the, the trade this week with Sam Nicholson for Eric Miller here on the 1500, uh, on the Adrian Heath show on 1500 ESPN presented by Heineken. So you get Eric Miller in return for Sam. What does Eric bring to the table, the attributes that he has that you really thought this is a guy that we want to target in the league? What was the what was the ultimate deciding factor to give up somebody that you thought so highly of in Sam uh, for Eric? Experience. Experience of the league. Um, got defender uh, of the year from Colorado last, you know, 18 months ago when they went towards the top of the league. Could play right back, could play left back has played centre-back, he actually said to me the only two places he hasn't played in the MLS is a number nine or a number ten. So he's played all over the field. Very competitive, good athletically. So, and, and obviously, I didn't know at the time he's, he's engaged to Brett Coleman's uh, sister. You didn't know that? No, I didn't know that, no. So uh, I knew he was from Minnesota. So obviously for him, coming back, it means an awful lot to come back home and I know what it means to play in front of your family. So that was really important. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're up against a break, so we're going to take a break now. And as we talk about Eric Miller, Eric Miller debuted yesterday for the team. You mentioned Alexi Gomez. He did as well. There was also one other player, Mason Toy. He got his first start yesterday. A lot that happened in the game. Eventful day for A Mason. very eventful day. So what we're going to do when we come back, I want to recap the Vancouver Whitecaps game because there's plenty to talk about, tons to dive into. So you're going to want to make sure to stick around after the break when we return on the Adrian Heath Show on 1500 ESPN. We now continue with more of the Adrian Heath Show on 1500 ESPN. Presented by Heineken. Heineken. Welcome back to the Adrian Heath Show on 1500 ESPN. Presented by Heineken. Much like we did last year. As we come back from break with the bumpy music. Adrian, you're a wealth of knowledge when it comes to the music world. Do you know this song? There hasn't been any words yet, but we're about 30 seconds in. To a wonderful guitar rift here. No, no, no. We're, we've stumped them. No. Jonathan Harrison, the producer, and I, we've stumped you so far. 0 and 1 on the year. That's the Black Keys. Is it? Lonely Boy. You Black Keys fan? No. I Otherwise, must admit, I'd have got it. I must admit, I don't, I don't know much about him either. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan, well done. We, uh, we stumped Adrian with a song that apparently. I'm Nobody to, knows. I'm going to have to get my music trivia book back out. And well, we did. We started last week with the first episode of the year, and yeah. uh, we didn't have it, so we we found a way to make sure we didn't make that same mistake. And I think that you've sake, probably been asking Missy Heath, and she's been telling you the sort of stuff I don't listen to. Uh, I, you know what? I have no lines of communication with Mrs. Heath, but if I did, I would make sure to say, "Has there been a song in the past <laughs> couple of weeks that Adrian said? Oh, I don't know that song yeah, in the yeah. car." And then find a way to sneak that in. Next time I see her, exactly. she's been the happiest person in the world because you've won two games in a row, uh-huh. and you are so much nicer after a win. So <laughs> I'm sure everybody is loving coming into training this week as we talk about your second win in a row, second home win. Very important to start. You had five out of six beginning last week, so four out of five. So now if my math is good, you've got three out of the next four at home. That was difficult. I used mm. my fingers um, for that. You've got two wins in a row. Yeah. Vancouver yesterday. What a difficult game that was for so many different reasons, apart from the fact Vancouver, I think Carl Robinson there, head coach, just 
has a minimum height requirement if he's going to sign you? I mean, you would be struggling. We <laughs> would have you would have to stand on my shoulders. Yeah, and we'd just be about three inches smaller than Kai Kamara. It's absolutely no. I mean, this is a team filled with six foot three, six foot four. Yeah. Would you say this is the biggest team in the league? It's arguably one of the biggest teams I think I've ever played against because if you if you look across that team, um, I didn't realize the Abini guy was six three as well. The, yeah. the white guy. So they've got wingers who are 6'3 as well, and you obviously put Kai in there, Blondal. Then they bring Breck Shea in. Then you've got Kendall Waston. Then you've got the other centre-back. You know, at one stage, I think they had six players. That was why we changed the shape to go with five at the back with three big centre-hours because they were getting so much ball out wide and putting so many balls in our box. I thought it was only a matter of time before they got on the end of one. And, you know, it, 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 the change worked and helped us because Wyatt Omsberg come on and actually defended the box really well with Calvo and Boxel. Yeah, careful. Wyatt's 6'4", uh, 6'5". Six, six, mm. Vancouver may be ringing about him soon uh, <laughs> when the window opens back up. But So at the beginning of the game, right, it, st- it started out, it was... Um, uh, a fast start for Vancouver. They got a couple of chances early on. Yep. Bobby makes a couple of great saves. Bobby Shuttleworth does what Bobby Shuttleworth does. Makes Although I thought the saves, saves was th- there were saves that he should make. The one off the, the one corner. later on was a bit different, but the, the ones earlier on I thought were a couple of big saves. But I expect Bobby to make them saves. You know, it, it was it was interesting because as we talked about before the break, we talked about you your hand was forced on a couple of different scenarios with injuries uh-huh. the injury bug right now with the team is well, we got, incredible i think we, i think it was four weeks ago i spoke to you and cal and kendra and said that we're doing really well with the injuries so far everything's been great we've had nothing since preseason, and i think we've got 11 out at this moment in time 11 players so you so you're down to no forwards with mason getting sent off stupidly getting sent off shall i add yeah so yesterday. We'll, we'll have so so that was well mason gets his first start because both abu and christian were out of the game day roster yeah. they were out of the 18 um they're out obviously ethan finley kevin molino sam cronin done for the year yeah um mark birch as you mentioned yeah. maybe done for the year yeah tyrone mears is out uh so you give mason toy his start first start of the year what did you make we'll, we'll break it up into two parts pre and post yeah pre and post red card 50th minute he gets sent off mm-hmm. but up until that point what did you think of the first 50 minutes that he had well i i think what what people have to understand when you look at mason first and foremost a lot of raw talent a lot of promise a lot of potential but a year ago, we were scoring goals at high school football level. And I pe- think that's what I said right before kickoff. He was people, walking across the stage. at yeah. It's May. So about May last year, he was walking across getting his high school diploma. Exactly. So that tells you how far he's come in a very short period of time. But what happens is then now he has to start to learn the game. Because when you play at high school or when you play at school, like you did, like I did, if you're a good footballer, you can pick, pick the ball up, beat three men and score. And you think that's how it's going to be. Well, as you get, as you progress your career, then there start to be obstacles in the Slightly way. Slightly different at this level. People like Kendall Waston, stand who, in your way, who are six foot five, big, strong, and athletic, who are there to stop you. And what we have to do with Mason now, he knows he knows how to run. We've got to tell him where and when. And that sounds very simple, I know, but the the, the secret of being a really good forward is being in the right spot at the right time. That comes about timing, when to run, where to run. And he's got to develop that. You know, we, we know he's got lots of natural raw talent. Very, very athletic. He's good in the air. 
Um, he's got good feet. He's got lovely soft feet, so his first touch is good. But at this moment in time, it is going to be a work in progress to get him consistently in the right spots. So then 50th minute comes around. He gets into a tussle with Kendall Waston, and he throws an elbow. Yeah. And it's seen by the fourth official, Alan Chapman, Nima Sagafi, mm-hmm. gives him a straight red card in the 50th minute. What is that moment in time, that feeling that you initially have, you give a 19-year-old rookie his first start professionally, put a lot of faith in them, and then that happens. What is that feeling now, and where do we go from here? What is your thought process on the whole thing? First things first, the initial anger of if he's done it, how stupid is that? (coughs) Excuse me. Um, And secondly, the first thing that comes in your mind straight after is, what are we going to do? What are we going to do to uh, react to the decision? Is this yeah? Is this going to be something that you know, as a nineteen-year-old, you learn from? Because I made this mistake. I got a red card my first year too, stupidly as well. Yeah, it was a fine. Everything. And the thing all is, that suspension. As we speak to the players now, when I played, there was one camera in the stadium, and it followed the ball. You'd look round and there'd be somebody poleaxed on the halfway line where somebody's been had a right hander off. I'm going to assume that's not that's not a good thing. You don't want to get. Pull-axed. No. Yeah, but, <laughs> you know, somebody's been laid out halfway on the halfway line. Everybody goes, what, what's happened there? And then a few days later, you find out that somebody's chinned somebody. <laughs> but now you can't get away with it. You know, I think, you know, especially now, not only have we got four and five cameras in stadiums, I think in the Premier League, there's 26 cameras. Yeah, we, we have quite a few. I think we've got at least eight there you on go. the home shows. So you ain't getting away with anything. Then we've got VAR. You know, video review. They go and have a look at it. And so you're not going to get away with it. So if you want to throw an elbow or you want to throw a punch, have a guess what? Chances are you're going to get caught. And that's what happened. And he, he, he let himself down. He let his teammates down. He let everybody down yesterday. And fortunately, he's lucky because we win the game. And he sort of gets forgotten a little bit, apart from me. I was going to say, I'm sure... <laughs> For as many headers as you've done, you've got a memory of like an yeah. elephant for everything that any player's ever done wrong. I think you still remind me of times when I messed up back in like oh nine. So yeah. um we're going to break here. Lastly, I, I think what needs to be addressed was the defensive resolution, the resolute defending yeah. to hold on to a lead, a big win, down a man. How proud does that make you? Do you enjoy that grinding out one zero results sometimes more than you know. I do for this group at this moment in time because if there's one area that's been labelled at us of a problem has been conceding goals. And we have let ourselves down with individual mistakes, not collectively, individual mistakes have cost us. But for them to dig in the way they did, as I say, at the end they had Kai Kamara, Breck Shea, Blondal, Kendall Waston, Abini. They had like must have had six players over six two, six three. And they've consistently put in the balls in the box. But I thought that I thought we defended the box magnificently. People putting the putting themselves on the line and then when we needed it, Bobby Shuttleworth comes up with as good a save as I've seen since I've been in America. Because I'm right behind it. it you once, had the shape the shape of yeah. it from Breck Shea. He gets a ball rolling it, across. At one stage it's it must be two foot outside the post and you can see it coming back in and it's going in. It's going in right in the top upper ninety. So for him to get there, the top hand and Incredible save. Makes a world-class save, preserves the result. And and also, too, tactically, you and your staff made a great change to go five defenders in the back. You brought on Wyatt Omsberg, three midfielders. You left Darwin up top. Why did you make that decision? Well, 
you, you you lose a little bit in wide areas because we took Alexi and uh, Miguel off. So we knew they were going to get the ball wide and then put it in the box. They were still putting enough balls in the box and we didn't have enough size. So ultimately we thought we'll, we'll, we'll take the middle away from them, we'll let it go wide and then we're just going to have to defend the cross. And we did it really, really well. That was the thought process behind it. But suddenly that extra big body in there, we kept the three of them nice and narrow in the middle of the penalty area. And as we found against Atlanta, if you defend well with a lot of numbers, it's difficult to break down. Yeah, it seems as though your team learned a lot from that Atlanta result. As frustrating as it was, yeah. when bad things happen, you want to at least try to find something from that that you can learn mm -hmm. from. And it seemed as if your team figured out a way well, to Well, he did. I'm just pleased it's a clean sheet and it gives them some belief that what we do Monday to Friday about, you know, defending collectively as a group, you know, it's working because it was, they were a lot better this weekend. Big, big win. All right, perfect. Well, we're going to go to break. Yep. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about individuals on the team who've had a very good season so far, what the difference has been. We'll talk about some of the, the football and the global scheme of things. We'll talk about the, the Champions League, the English Premier League, yep. things like that. So still plenty more to come on the Adrian Heath Show. So stick around right here on 1500 ESPN. The Adrian Heath Show is back on 1500 ESPN, presented by Heineken. Once again, here's Jamie Watson. Welcome back to the Adrian Heath Show here on 1500 ESPN, presented by Heineken. You missed the last segments. Name that song. We've gone... This is mainstream for the last decade, it seems. Maybe even two. I don't even know. It's been that long. Yeah, but I'm a lot older than you. You know that, don't you? So you're not a big... I'm going to assume you don't know this song. Are you going over two? I'm going over two. I don't know. If it's Green Day or so. I don't know what it is. It's, it's it's a poor man's Green Day. Good Charlotte. Is it? Good Charlotte is the band. Good Charlotte. Good Charlotte. I have never heard of Good Charlotte. Good Charlotte. The anthem was. I'm the getting. Song. I'm getting old. I mean, I feel like that song's just been around forever. How do you? You don't know that one? It's American as well. Um, okay. Well, over two. I want to pretend like I'm upset that I haven't stumped you, but Jonathan Harrison and I are now two and zero. Oh. Okay. You're going right. to. We're definitely going to shut you out, by the way, this week. <laughs> He's Adrian Heath, head coach for Minnesota United. I'm Jamie Watson, your host of the Adrian Heath Show here on 1500. And we have just been kind of recapping everything going on with the Vancouver win, uh, the week that was with the Sam Nicholson trade. And now I'd like to dive a little bit deeper in, in what in particular has gone well for this team. And, and I think that there's three individuals that I'd like to talk to you about because I think that they've had – a particularly bright start to the season, nine games in now. First off, one of the hometown favorites here. He's not actually from here, but the kid has been here long enough that he's basically a hometown hero here. His nickname suggests he's a hero of a different type. I can only imagine. That's why you're dressed in all black today. It's to to celebrate the Miguel Labara goal that won the game yesterday in the 60th minute. And he's on a year where he's got... He's worked his way into the lineup, uh -huh. solidified that uh, that spot for now. It's been been versatile in a couple different spots. Has a goal and three game uh, game winning goal. Has three game winning assists. So when the games mattered, he's been able to contribute on the score sheet. What's the difference this year with Miguel Labar as opposed to last year? Confidence, consistency. Um... I think if you remember when he came back, I said the one thing that people shouldn't underestimate is the fact that he, he'd gone nearly 18 months without playing regular football. When he went to Leon in Mexico. Yes. And that's a big time, Jamie, for, for a player to be 
without that getting in that rhythm of playing games, being match sharp. And I knew it would take time. But he's he's done terrific of late. And, you know, I think the fact that he's got in the team and I think that the team is better this year, the team is more consistent. But I think for him as well, he's now finding himself in that rhythm that he probably was that got him the move to Lyon. You know, when he was flying here and getting in the national squad. And so I'm pleased for him. You know, he's a great kid, but he, he he knows that if we're going to be where we want to be, we are going to have to keep incrementally getting this squad stronger and stronger. And I know as a coach, the best form of motivation for players is the fact that they might not play on a Saturday. Absolutely. And I and I just think that the, the extra competition, he knows he's got to perform, not just Miggy, but everybody. And if he continues to play like he is, you know, he, he's going to get better and better because he's, as I say, he's a great kid. He wants to do well, likes it here, wants to be part of it, but he's got to keep maintaining that level of performance that he is at the moment. That competition is the best motivation. You are right about that, certainly. So uh, let's keep the ball rolling in. Guy like Rasmus Schuler. Rasmus, when he came here, was about here for the first quarter of the season, 2017, yeah. first third of the season. And then actually, you loaned him back to Finland uh-huh. with the option to return at the beginning of 2018 in preseason. And a guy came back who looked similar to Rasmus Schuler, but played night and, di- night and day differently than he did when yeah. he first started here in 2017. What is different about him this year? Um, I think he has come to terms with where he is. It's never easy when you you know you go from being in Scandinavia, suddenly you come to the states, and, and last year was a difficult year for a lot of people. Well, the whole club was in a exactly. transition of twenty-seven new players, exactly apart from the NASL guys. But, but people coming in, finding a new city, finding a new club, finding a new team, new coaching staff, and you know it, it took a while to settle. And what I thought would be the best thing for him was to go back home. Get his confidence back. Get used to be back in familiar surroundings, playing in a football that he understands, and get his confidence back. And then when we bring him back, let's see where we are. You know, because it's it's very easy sometimes just to go, okay, it's not worked out. Let let you go. But we saw enough in him in the beginning that why we wanted to get him originally. And I think he's fulfilling that sort of promise that we saw in him when we saw him playing in Scandinavia originally. Is it his understanding with Ibsen and the partnership with Ibsen? It's getting better. Is yeah. it is it just what he's doing as far as reading the game, understanding the speed? Like, What in particular have you been most impressed by Rasmus Schuller? His competitiveness. I think he's really, you know, that's a really important part of the field. You you have to try and dominate the centre of the field. If you can dominate the possession and, and the control the game through possession, but getting possession sometimes difficult. You have to go and fight to get the ball, and, and I think he's, he's shown a real steely side of him that we maybe didn't see before. You know, we, we, we know he can control it, we know he can pass it, but I just feel as though he's, he seems more comfortable, seems happier in himself. I think he comes to terms with the fact that he wants... Sometimes going away from the States makes you really appreciate it when you come back. I know a lot of players who, who've been in the MLS, then they leave and go back home, and then they actually, I quite liked it being in the MLS and being and in the you States. you fight a little bit harder to stay there. Yeah, and I think he's he's done that, but he's he's been terrific so far this season. But once again... That's one area of the field where we have a lot of competition. You know, I look at, you know, uh, Maxi is coming fit now. You know, um, Colin, uh, Colin is still there. Colin Martin's there. Colin hey, Martin's been sharp the last two games he's come H is now suddenly looking as though he's, he, he's suddenly, you know, blossoming him into the player that we thought he'd be. So we've got a lot of competition there. And I think that him and Ibsen also understand that 
I've got to keep this level of consistency, otherwise somebody's there waiting to take my place. And one last one, because you just sparked a thought that I want to touch on in just a, just a moment in regards to LAFC in this game Wednesday night uh-huh. at Los Angeles Football Club in the new stadium. Lastly, I want to ask about Michael Boxel. Give us your quick thoughts on him. What, what's been different this year with him? Because he seemed incredibly dominant this year so well, far. Well, he has, and I think he's been really consistent. I think he's been consistent since he's been here. I think the one thing I would say to Boxy, I wouldn't trade him for many centre-backs in the league. I really? really? Yeah. No, I wouldn't. I'm, you know what I'm like? I watch tape every single day of every team in the league. Yeah. There's not many better centre-offs. He plays at a consistent level, and Boxy's got the most priceless thing you can give a football player. He knows what he's good at, and he does what he's good at. Yeah. We, uh, that is that is a fair assessment to him, and he's done a very good job. He's been instrumental so far in the back line. And you'll need him as as Calvo makes his way to the World Cup. Boxel will be, yep. you know, the one that you you imagine will will be in there, and there'll be a competition for the spot yep. next to him. But um, that's a couple weeks away. Yeah. What's this week ahead? Is we're listening to Adrian Heath talk about players that have done well this year, uh, why they've been doing so well. And now we're we're switching over to Adrian Heath's thoughts, head coach of Minnesota United on the Adrian Heath Show, 1500 ESPN, presented by Heineken. We're going to talk about LAFC this week. You head there against LA. It is a matchup in which you are in the midst of three games in one week uh-huh. with travel. Yep. You've talked about, you just mentioned Maxi Miano, and that, that got me on this thought process. How far away are we from seeing him? There's a bunch of injuries to other guys. We talked about that earlier in the show, 11-some-odd guys, coupled with Colin Martin doing well in the past couple of games. You mentioned H. There's Colin Warner in there. Competition right now, along with guys who have put a lot of minutes in, a lot of travel in the first two and a half months of the season. What's your thought process heading into L.A.? If I didn't know better, I'd think you were trying to find the team out for Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, it, look, it's just you and I chatting here. There's yeah. nobody else that you need to worry about. No, we we will make changes for the game on Wednesday. Changes? Yes. Okay. We, we have to. So, you know, you you let you let us in. This well, is we'll the take... safe zone. You let you let your your friends and and fans know here what they want to. Uh... We'll take every fit available player. Okay, which is only. I think 18, 19 at this moment in time. I'm also going to. I'll bring my boots. No, we aren't that desperate yet. You'd rather and play down we'll, a man again? Yeah, we'll go we'll play, play with 10. <laughs> um, so, you know, I think in the middle of the pitch, we, we'll have to freshen it up a little bit because the amount of work that we did yesterday, playing for 40 minutes in the heat, a man down, defending for our lives, and the big game again against San Jose. Home form is going to be crucial for us this year. So whilst not taking the LA game lightly, because we're going to certainly go there and try and win, a lot of my thought process will also be on San Jose. We don't get back to late Thursday night, so it gives us like one day to do a light bit of training before another game. So Friday becomes your recovery day and preparation day. Exactly. So, you know, we'll take all the available players and we'll decide, but there will be changes for the game in LA. Well, that is a big matchup this week uh, as the team heads to LA. The Wednesday night matchup, uh, you can listen to right here on 1500 ESPN. The game will start at 9 p.m. Central. That means pregame with Brian Pyatt will be at 8.30 p.m. Central. Uh, Dan Ter- Terhar with the call here on 1500 ESPN. Or if you're watching, it's on Fox Sports North. Callum Williams, Kendra D. St. Aubin, and myself will start the pregame show at 8.30 p.m. You can watch that one. Or you can listen to that one several different outlets. So quickly, we've got just a couple of minutes before we head into our final segment. 
where we're going to get a chance to to rate Cal's call. Mm. Everyone always loves that one. Uh, your thoughts on the Champions League so far this year? Is the final is now set? Liverpool. Another English team in about Liverpool. time. Yeah, as much as oh, it, you're celebrating. It, yes, you're celebrating I Liverpool. I'm, I will always the saw week it. you win the Everton Giant Award, yeah. which is a legendary status. Yeah, going into base, the only one person a year gets named the Everton Giant. Mm-hmm. And how many previous awards with Giant in the title have you ever gotten? I have never got a word uh, award with the word Giant, <laughs> in it, as you can imagine. <laughs> No, it was. Uh, it I was, saw your line there. That was a classy, classy video you sent back to Everton for their awards night, and uh, and you put that line it, in there. That was, was pretty a, good. It was a very um, special moment for me to receive that award because I know how much it means for that particular football club. So, well, what does it mean for you? It means everything because the people who've won it prior to me are the biggest players in the club's history, and it's given by the directors people who actually know what you put into a football club every single day. So for me to have an award for a club, it's one of the biggest clubs in the world, over 140 years of history. I think there's only nine people who've got this award. And the people who've won it before me are people like Dixie Dean, Colin Harvey. Oh, Dixie, Colin. Yeah, Howard Kendall. Some of the some of the great names synonymous with Everton Football Club. So, uh, no, it was a very special moment for me, something I'm, I'll be really proud of, I'm sure, when years... Down the road when I'm looking back on it. How soon do they they put the or the uh, Adrian Heath statue outside <laughs> of Everton Stadium? I'll be bowling candles there next year. Yeah, and, and Dixie's already up there, so you never know. One day, got to be careful. The uh, they build your statue, the dogs the dogs walk by. They may think it's a fire hydrant. <laughs> you got to be careful for that. In all seriousness, pal, congratulations! A, a heartfelt one. You accomplished. So many incredible things in your career. It's uh, it, it, that's why part of this is uh, such a pleasure for me is when we get to go down this memory lane and get to yep. to hear that and, and your your speech that Minnesota United posted that uh, on all their their Twitter and and Facebook and and every social media outlet at MNUFC. If you want to go see the speech you gave, it was typical Adrian, hilarious. It was uh, it was classy. It was well done, um, and it's Thank it's you. really fun. So so I know we 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 quickly brought up the Champions League, but we're up against a break. So when we come back, we got one last segment. We'll quickly talk about the Champions League. Yep. We'll shift our focus back to Minnesota United talk, and we'll get into everyone's favorite segment, uh, which is tough be- for me because it's uh, about another broadcaster um, who is just the best part of the show, and it's not even me. You know, and yeah. it's just I'm the second best broadcaster on my own show with you. Second, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I love this yeah. job with you, Adrian. So stick around after the break. We got more to come. The Adrian Heath Show on fifteen hundred. ESPN. We now continue with more of the Adrian Heath Show on 1500 ESPN. Presented by Heineken. Heineken. Welcome back into the final segment of this week's Adrian Heath Show presented by Heineken. Adrian, this is your last chance at redemption. I don't know it. I don't know it. Well, you might know it if, if the words start, but kind of gotten away Time's gotten away from us, so we've got a very short segment here. So as much as I want to give you a chance to not go over, you can't figure it out in the first no, 20 seconds. No, don't know it. I've not got my music head on today. It's the Foo Fighters. Really? Bridge Burning was no. the song. Oh for 3, look, we won't we won't harp on you getting shut out today by me and Jonathan Harrison. Uh, quickly, we've got about two and a half minutes left in the show. I know we said we'd talk more about the Champions League. Why don't we save that for next week? Okay. We can dive a little deeper into your thoughts because we still have until the 26th, the final between Liverpool and Real Madrid. But what we can't wait for, what the listeners don't want to wait for, is Cal's call. This is our chance to rate Cal Williams' call. 
Cal has a way with words. He's incredible at, at just making a moment seem bigger. And the moment we're going to rate this week was Ibsen's goal against Houston. The backheel goal that made the game 2-1. to one. So, Adrian Heath, it is your moment to rate Cal's call. An injection of excitement here at TCF Bank Stadium. Ibsen does it again! A quite majestic and possibly magical Minnesotan moments. Maybe, just maybe, the season gets back on track here. He's found more words to start with M than I could ever imagine. <laughs> Adrian Heath, it is time for you to rate Cal's call. Well, I'm going to give this one a uh, a 7.8. 7.8, and why? Well, I didn't think it was quite as good as last week, so... <laughs> so you just... Yeah, so I'm just caught with a number. Last week honest. was an 8.7, this yeah. was a 7.8. Yeah, okay, so... Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, last week's was very good. Yeah, you know, last The week Prince and Purple with Rain. With Finley and, and Orlando. Yeah, so that that's the one to beat so far, I think. Well, hey, listen, it's going to be a busy week. Hopefully, Cal will give us some more goal calls to be able to rate That'd the future. That'd be nice, yeah. A big, big matchup against LAFC. Then returning home against San Jose Earthquakes next week here at TCF Bank Stadium. Yeah, Adrian, thank you for your time. Enjoyed it as always. Good luck this week. A couple of big matchups. Want to give a big thank you to Jonathan Harrison being in today to help record ahead of a busy week for Minnesota United. Make sure you check out all things MNUFC, uh, MNUFC.com, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that. For Adrian Heath, head coach of Minnesota United, I'm Jamie Watson. This was the Adrian Heath Show presented by Heineken right here on 1500 ESPN. You've been listening to The Adrian Heath Show, hosted by Jamie Watson, presented by Heineken. For Minnesota United game and broadcast information, be sure to visit 1500ESPN.com and click on the United tab in the Sportswire. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.